0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, how is everybody tonight? Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord in the middle of the week? Come in and get, you a, get your tank filled back up so you can finish out the week strong and do it all over again? Isn't that the best right there? Amen. Well, I'm excited uh, for the message we're going to get to here in just a minute. But uh, I wanted to show you something real quick from the bookstore that we just got these in a few weeks ago. And I've talked about them. But these are the Kenneth Copeland Faith to Faith Daily Devotion. I read this every day, 365 days a year. This thing is the bomb.com. It will absolutely rock your world. And we've been out of them for a while. So we just got some new ones back. So I encourage you, if you need a daily devotion, this to me is the tops in the world. I love it. It's just one page each day. But anyway, those are back there and I wanted to draw attention to that. So, well, what we're going to be getting into tonight is this. Uh, what I want to talk about for a few minutes is Jesus' favorite people. Now that kind of sounds a little bit odd because well, the Scripture clearly says that God has no favorites, and, so, and I believe that, and I preach that, and I say it all the time, because oftentimes I hear people say, well, I'm God's favorite, and I know they mean it, it's a cute, funny thing, but really, God has no favorites, and he says that in several spots, but... I will show you something tonight that if Jesus did have favorites, if Jesus did prefer somebody over the other i 'm going to show you what what that would be and uh really, this has been on my heart for several weeks, and um i didn 't know I was going to preach tonight till a few hours ago, so I kind of got some stuff together that uh <laughs> Sometimes you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready at the top of hat. So I grab, you know, I I uh, I got this together, and um, and it's stuff I've talked about before. But what I want to talk to, especially leading up to Harvest Fest, because this has been on me heavy, is talking about children. Okay, and really, I'm gonna show you Jesus loves kids. And then, you know, we most people, I know, I meet some people that are like I can't stand kids, and that's fine. But but really, most people, to some extent, understand what I'm talking about here, and. One thing that's just, I, I, I know, you know, the the reason we do Harvest Fest, again, I've said it so much lately, it, it it's not so we can have the biggest event in Barstow, it's not so just because we like to give out candy, the, you know, that's fun, but really what I see behind this event, what I see behind what we do every week, you guys, especially if you don't have kids or grandkids in here, you don't realize the amount of work that goes into kids ministry at this church. We've always Got something and your kids aren't getting, they're not, there's not babysitters over there. They're hearing the Bible. They're hearing a message. Tonight we've got newborn babies from a few months old all the way up to seniors in high school. We're ministering to all of them while the adults are in here getting the word. And, and so it's a serious thing to me that we understand and get the heart of Jesus when it comes to kids. So, Hopefully you'll see that, and also you'll see how you should be more childlike, okay? And so, I'm gonna to try to cover this as quick as I can, but this has been on my heart, so I know the Lord wants to talk about it. Now, our whole lives, it seems like, you know, even kids now, they're, they're told, grow up. Be more like the, you know, be more like the adults. Be like that guy. And kids, forever, they've always been told to be more like the adults. And I'm going to show you that Jesus said the exact opposite. He told the adults to be like the kids on several occasions. And so I want to break that down. But let's pray. And then I I open your heart, man, because there's a revelation for you to see tonight how you need to be childlike in your approach to Jesus. And how that would revolutionize your life if you had the heart of a child when you were dealing with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that we have an awesome church to come and hear the word of God in, Lord, that you're right here among us. Lord, you said where two or more are gathered in your name, you're right there in the midst, but we've got more than two tonight, so we know, God, you're right here in the midst of us. And Lord, I pray that as we open our hearts and our Bibles, that you'll speak to us, Lord, and show us what we need to see in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, I, you know, I was excited about preaching this all day and, and I've been pumped up about it, you know, well, the last few hours anyway. And then I go and pick my kids up at school and I had to remind myself, I love kids, don't I? Love them. I have a 35 minute drive with, with my kids and my nephew and it's the best, all packed into a little Prius. It makes you really love kids. But anyway, uh, hey, once gas hit $4 a gallon, I was really happy for that Prius. Can I get an amen? All right. <laughs> anyway, what I want to say tonight is this. Follow along. Number one, Jesus really loves kids. And some people are like, I know that. No, you don't. Jesus loves kids. And I want to show you most of our stuff will be in Matthew. I want to show you Matthew chapter 19. Let's flip over there. Matthew 19, and I'll be in the NLT on this. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. I'm going to tell you, if, you know, if, if you don't like kids, if kids annoy you, this is probably the wrong church for you. Just flat out. There's a lot of kids here. Have you noticed that? You ever been here before a service? I don't even, they're, they come out of the woodwork. There's kids everywhere. And I think that makes Jesus really happy to see kids in the house of God. And uh, and so Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15, one day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. And so I'm telling you right now, kids—they're not—they're never bothering Jesus. These—the—the the, the disciples are like, man, get the kids out of here. This is Jesus. He's gonna go deal with real people, the adults. Get the kids out of here. They're gonna bother Jesus right now. And Jesus—he gets mad. He's like, no, stop. Bring the kids here. That you gotta bring the kids to me. And he said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. Jesus always has time for kids. And one thing as adults that we have got to realize, and you overlook it, and I overlook it, and it's undeniably true. Kids are real people, and kids have legitimate problems. It's very, very easy, but they don't know. I've got bills, man. I've got this going on. I've got people calling me over here. And, and, and then your kid comes to you with something that happened at school today. Like, man, I don't got time for that. I've got real. You don't understand that that's real to them. They've got real. These little kids that came to Jesus, man, think about that. Their parents brought them to get prayed for. And it would have been, the disciples were like, man, get them out of here. We've got people with real stuff going on over here. We've got sick people. We've got angry people. Get, get them out of here. And Jesus said, no, bring the kids. I've got time for the kids. He took time. He sat them on his lap. He patted them. He hugged them. Jesus was there for the kids. And one thing that, that I'm so passionate about is especially you know but in our children's ministry man every week you, you, children's workers you got to bring your a game man you don't know that some of these kids this may be the only two hours each week that this is their safe space home life is hell on earth for some of you know some kids i hate to say that but for some kids home is not their safe place that's their bad place and it stinks Mom and dad are fighting. It's it's bad, okay? You know that. I know that. And, And so they get two hours a week. Maybe grandma brings them to church. Maybe someone brings them to church, and this is their space. They get here. They need to feel the love of Jesus, not just if you're in children's ministry. I encourage everybody here. To reach out to these kids. You see them every week. But be nice to the kids. Love the kids. They need to love God's house. And they need to see people here that love them. You have no idea what's going on at home. You don't know. You don't know what's going on at school. Some of these kids are getting bullied. Man, I saw on the news this week some kid down the hill in Southern California gets punched two times in the head at his junior high and dies in the hospital two days. This kid's getting bullied and no one did nothing about it, man. That that tears me apart. Jesus loves kids. We have to love the kids. Well not my problem. I don't I don't have any of mine are grown. You have an obligation as a mature Christian to love kids, right? And and to reach out and and even if kids aren't your thing you, you, they better, in the right way, be your thing because they're Jesus thing. And so, I've, I, I'll tell you this right now, the churches that are the most successful are the ones that make children a priority. You, are you with me? The churches that are the most successful, one of the pastors I look up to is Pastor Willie George in, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. 20,000, more than 20,000 member church. And he's got one of the most successful churches in America. Every, people everywhere look up to him but he started his church as a child it was based on children's on children's ministry and he's got a couple hundred acres right now and i just heard him say recently that out of a couple hundred acres 20% is for the adults the other 80% is all dedicated to children's ministry and people are like kids don't have jobs they can't put money in they can't contribute you're missing the whole thing jesus made them a priority and his church is just bursting at the seams and it has been for decades but the kids have always been a huge portion of that and i heard him talking about how when he was uh, he was a children's pastor and he was at a convention talking to some senior pastor somewhere and he was telling man the church i work at doing great uh you know they got this many people come to it it's just going it's, it's awesome and the other pastor says how many of them are kids though what? What's that supposed to mean? Like kids don't count as being pe- and, and and there's whole denominations that they don't count kids in their attendance. I was talking to another pastor in Barstow just a few months ago about this same thing, sharing my heart. And he was like, we don't count the kids. They don't count. Literally said that to me. And I'm like, we count our kids because if we were babysitting them, I wouldn't count them. But we're not babysitting. We're preaching the gospel and making disciples of all nations from newborn to 99 years old and so we count the kids as being active participants and attenders and members of this church they're involved man there's kids that serve in this church right there's kids that are ushering there's kids that are doing all sorts of stuff because that's how it should be we shouldn't just babysit them until they're 18 and say get in there and serve don't say anything keep quiet and blah 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 that is not how you get kids to continue being church members as adults they need to feel the love of god and they need to know that god is real and that god loves them and yeah it is true that that the millennial generation statistically has been leaving the american church in hordes and it's not a good thing but i don't think the way to do it is to you know treat the kids from this age like they're not real people and blow them off and and you know say they don't count i think a good way to do it is to involve them let them participate let them worship god we got kids that come and worship at the altar that doesn't annoy me we've got kids that want to pray that doesn't annoy me man let them do it let them get involved. And in fact, a lot of them are more mature than a lot of the adults I know, spiritually speaking, right? So anyway, Matthew 18, Matthew 18, verses 5 and 6. Matthew 18, verses 5 and 6. And uh, and here's what Jesus had to say with another group of kids here. Matthew 18, verses 5 and 6. He said, and anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me so you welcome the children you're welcoming jesus according to jesus and they said but if you cause one of these little ones who trusted me to fall into sin it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea well i don't think i need to expound on that a whole lot because i did that last sunday but your chances of survival having a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the Pacific, your chances of survival are very, very slim. But yet Jesus said that would be a better option for you than if you cause a child to stumble. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) that's deep right there for Jesus to say, man, you would be better off, I'm telling you right now, to just do that than to cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, to cause them to stumble. That makes me think, wow, well, how am I treating the kids around me? Like, get out of here, man. Knock it off. Or, you know, my own kids. I've got four. The temptation's real. The struggle's real. To be annoyed sometimes. I mean, there's weird stuff that happens, okay? You know this. I don't need to go into that. But, but there's. There, I'm just telling you right now. But Jesus said, watch it. Of course we can be strict. Of course we can discipline. Of course. I get all that. And you guys know that I'm... You know, I'm not exactly Mr. Tough, so that, but that's fine. But at the same time, I'm telling you, be tough. That's fine, but watch it. You don't, you don't want those kids to grow up. I'm man. As soon as I hit 18, I'm out. I'm out of this house. I'm out of this church. My parents. I've seen how they treat me. I've seen how they are. I don't want nothing to do with that. Just think about that. You will answer to Jesus for that, even for your own children. And. The other children that are observing you, if you cause them to stumble, Jesus said that you're going to answer to that. And so kids are really important to Jesus. The second thing, I'm moving fast, I know. The second thing is he wants you to be like a kid. I don't believe that. Want to bet me? (laughs) He wants you to be like a kid. Notice in the first verses we read in Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And so, okay, that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those that are like the children. But look at this, Matthew 18, 1 through 4. Matthew 18, 1 through 4. It says about, and this is the previous verses to the ones we had just read. But it says, About that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Is it the guy that writes the biggest checks? Huh? 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 Is it the guy that can pray the longest? Is it the guy? You know, that, what, what are they getting at here? Because they make things a competition all the time, just like adults do. I've, I've served more. I've given more. I've done more. I've been more places. Who's the greatest, Jesus, in the kingdom of heaven? And so they're all sitting on the edge of their seats anticipating. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them then he said i tell you the truth unless you turn from your sins and become like little children you will never even get into the kingdom of heaven forget about being the greatest in the kingdom of heaven you're not even going there unless you turn from your sins and become like little children so anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Man, look at that. So, unless I become as a child, I can't even get in to the kingdom of heaven. Then he takes it a step further and says, if you, But if you are like these children, you will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus uses this word here. He says, You've got to humble yourselves, you've got to be humble like these kids well i don't want to get too nerdy deep on you okay I'm, I'm trying to avoid that but there's this greek word here for humble that that jesus used and it's tapi no oh yes thank you and, and this word means two things to lay down your pride and to reduce things to the basics and so jesus said you all are worried about being the greatest hey i would just be concerned about even getting there right now he said you need to humble yourself you need to Shoot your pride, kill it, and you need to reduce things to the basics. Now, uh, there's a lot of things that adults are guilty of, and I know myself and most of you were guilty of overcomplicating things, aren't we? Well, I, I know the word says this, but but what about this, 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 and the, and and this over here, and and this guy said this, and 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 Jesus, and and, and little kids, they aren't like that. They're like, okay. The Bible says right here that, you know, if, if you know, fear not, only believe, Matthew 5:36. Something so simple as that. Little kids will do that. But we're like, fear, what does that what does that actually mean? Not. Could somebody explain that only believe or only believe plus do this this and this and add this this and this and 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 then if we mix it all together we'll get this. Kids aren't like that. They reduce things to the basics. And that's what I'm talking about right there. I, I like the basics. I don't like con- listen, you hand me something to assemble. Some, of, some some of the most dangerous and scary words to me are some assembly required. Why? Because I know that that's, that's what I call Michael Cabrera and say, "Brother, I need your help now." Okay? This has got more than 5 steps. I I need help pronto. And 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 and, and so many times we just we make it so hard When really the gospel is so simple, man, you believe, you believe, you trust Jesus, you speak the words out of your mouth, you have what you say. It's not hard stuff. But Jesus said, you're going to have to kill your pride, which that's a huge topic that I don't think we really discuss often, but pride, whether you know it or not, is a, probably an issue in your life somewhere whether you'll whether you would admit it or not you may be so uh humble that you're proud of it but at the same time but at the same time listen for most people somewhere in your in your in your life a lot of your problems are traced back to the root of pride and that's a whole other topic i'm not no way not in my life well that's probably some pride speaking right there but anyway uh so jesus said man you got to humble yourself And become like these kids. But out of my study. And Matthew is the main book that deals with Jesus and children. Out of all the stories. There's several in there. There is not one time. Not one. Go ahead. Read it all for yourself. The entire book of Matthew. Read all four gospels. Not one time did Jesus walk up to a group of kids and say. Hey. You guys need to be like those adults over there. Not one time. Never did Jesus tell the kids to go be like the adults yet time and time again he told the adults you you need to humble yourself brother and become as the little children you unless you become as a child you're not even going to heaven bro i mean let's get real here jesus this is a deep thing this is deeper than than what you may be seeing right here but but let's look here at Matthew 18:10 Matthew 18:10 let's skip down a few verses here Matthew 18, 10, it says, beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly father. Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of of my Heavenly Father. I believe, and there's other scriptures to verify this, that we do have angels specifically assigned to us, a a guardian angel. And notice Jesus says when it comes to the kids here though, that their angels are always in the presence of the Heavenly Father now they're there again not trying to get too deep out there there's different classes and types of angels mentioned in the bible there's cherubim seraphim archangels ministering angels uh there's avenging angels there's there's different kinds but when you look at different passages of scripture studying angels not all of them are always in the presence of the heavenly father we know that we've seen that and in many different areas but Right here we see Jesus say something. I, I think that if you understood it, 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 it would. It, you would. He said, "Their angels are always in the presence of my Father in heaven." Now Gabriel said the same thing. Luke one nineteen. He said, "I stand in the very presence of God." It was He. Who sent me to bring you this good news when he was talking to mary gabriel said that but not every angel in the bible is constantly in the presence of the father but jesus said you better watch it you don't look down on these kids don't do it i tell you that their angels are always in the presence of my father in heaven i like what uh what what I read in a Bible commentary, Ellicott's Bible commentary. He said, those who have the guardianship of the little ones assigned to them are among the most noble of the heavenly host. I'm like, man, thank you, Jesus, that you assigned angels to my kids because I'm not there at school all day long. I'm not always there, but he has assigned angels, not only to me and my wife and uh, all you guys, but my kids, They've got angels assigned to them. Those angels, they're, they're always in the presence of God, man. That makes me as a parent feel really happy. I know some parents, the, you know, we've got, they call them the helicopter moms and dads. I mean, they're always just hovering right above. Listen, hey, I don't, I don't got time for that anymore. I've got four. Can't do that. But thank God that he's got angels assigned to my kids, man. I'm not gonna, uh, listen. That is good news, and my kids are so important, and these kids in Barso are so important that those angels are always in the presence of the Heavenly Father. So how is it that Jesus wants us to be like kids? I'm going to give the next two points to explain this, and then we'll be done. Well, the first thing that I love about kids is this, and how I believe Jesus wants you to be more like a kid, is that kids are not embarrassed about their beliefs. And, you know, let's just get real. A lot of adult Christians, they wouldn't say it, but they are that kids. Kids aren't uh, they have absolutely no problem whatsoever telling other people about Jesus. I've got kids. They do it all the time. They're always talking. And, and my kids just assume that everybody in the world goes to church. And, you know, I, and when they find out that some people don't, it's like shocking to them. Well, what do you do on Sundays? What what do you do? What is that? And, you know, I, I'm fine that they feel that way. They'll, you know, they'll learn in due time. But I'm telling you, well, you better break it to them now. Hey, listen, they, I'm glad that they think that people go to church because, well, people should go to church. But uh, let me show you something here. And we're going to flip over to Romans 1. Kids are bold. Have you noticed that, that, that your kids, they're bold I, in 2011? But we had moved back to Indiana to help with the youth group there, so we lived in Plainfield, Indiana, right next to Indianapolis. It is uh, the the Islamic headquarters of North America. They don't have the largest Islamic population, I like think Detroit does, but but literally, there's a giant mosque there right beside Interstate uh, 70, and it is the Islamic headquarters of North America. I have no idea why they picked. You know farm town Indiana, but they did, and so there's all there's a lot of Islamic people there and uh and so we're in the library one day, and there's this little platform for doing puppet shows on and stuff and Joel is in there uh and 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 so there's all these you know little Muslims. they're little kids they're nice, they're fine, they're nice little kids whatever and but but Joel gets up there and he's like uh may, not even three years old, but he's got some fire in his bones at that age because the boy's been in church. And not just church. I mean, Pentecostal, Spirit-filled, Word of Faith. We cast, I mean, church, church. You know what I mean? Not church. Church, church. You, you, you guys, you know what I'm talking about. And so he gets up there with like a book. I don't know if it's Dr. Seuss or what, but he thought it was the Bible. And he, I mean, to all these little kids, they gather around and Joel is like, Jesus said, do not go into the river. And I'm like, well, hold on. I don't, Jesus didn't say that. But at the same time, he's bringing out, I mean, he sounded like the Billy Graham of the 1950s. He, he had fire in there. And all these little kids. Were... But he's throwing it out there, man. And so, anyway, kids, they don't care. They don't care. Romans 1.16, New King James, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? You don't sound super (laughs) convincing. You sound exactly like people that are ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? (laughs) I halfway believe you. Uh, It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. And so... I'm not ashamed. Why would I be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the gospel that saved me from hell? I'm I am totally not embarrassed that I'm going to heaven. I'm not I'm not ashamed that I'm skipping hell. I'm not ashamed that that the gospel of Jesus Christ healed me of leukemia. I'm quite happy about that. There's nothing shameful about that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel that I've seen deliver so many people from addictions off the streets mend families back together? Why would I be ashamed of that? Are you a Christian? Depends. Huh? Or my favorite, someone okay, it's meal time. You're in public. Man, I know I'm supposed to pray, but I don't want all these people to see me. Okay, let's go. Huh? What's that, man? Man, bind the devil. Pray for that food. Do it. Don't be ashamed to pray for your food in public. Why are you ashamed? I mean, what if what if that food is poisoned? What if they didn't? What if something's going? What if that place didn't pass the health inspection? Whatever. What if? And yet you were too ashamed and you get sick just like everybody else. That Now, that's something to be ashamed of right there. Listen, but I'm not ashamed if I'm the only one that doesn't get sick and everybody else does because I'm not ashamed to pray for my food I'm not ashamed to talk about Jesus I'm not ashamed that he healed me that he saved me that he got me going again and that he's done many many other things Matthew 21 Matthew 21 let's go Matthew 21 but don't be ashamed don't be embarrassed about your faith about about Jesus being your savior there's there's nothing at all to be ashamed of there that's Romans one sixteen. Now we're going to Matthew 21, verses 15 through 16. Are we getting anything out of this tonight? And so Jesus wants us to be more like the kids. One reason is because they're not ashamed of him. Matthew 21, 15 through 16 in the New King James here, it says, But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children, the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. So these kids, they're praising Jesus. They're going wild with it. They're saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Praise the Lord. They're, they're getting into it. And the adults are like, oh my God, shut them up. Shut them up. And Jesus says, oh my gosh, you don't get it. I have perfected praise out of the mouths of the children. Jesus called the kids' praise perfect praise why is that well there's a lot of things we could probably jump into on that but i know it's sincere they're not doing it to see who's looking or who's not looking and and you know uh well you're singing too loud well i'm not singing for you anyway you're getting you're you're clapping too much the music's too loud here well i'm sorry it's not for you anyway it's for jesus you know what i mean and and Get over it. If you don't like a church with a lot of young people and we're a little bit loud and wild sometimes, this is probably not the place for you. Not being mean. I'd love everybody to be here, but I'm telling you, we're loud. It's going to be loud in heaven. We've got a lot of kids that run around and play and love Jesus and make noise, and they're going to be in heaven when you get there too, so you're going to have to get this out of your system somewhere along the way. But Jesus said, I'm not telling those kids to shut up. No way. That, to me, is perfect praise. thats I don't think that's what those adults were expecting to hear. But he said, this is perfect praise. The last thing that I'll kind of say to, to tie it in here and finish on time is, why, why does he want us to be more like the kids? Well, because kids, they're not embarrassed. They're not ashamed of him. And the second thing is, is that kids have faith. Kids simply have faith not a complicated not not a not a way out there kids they just have faith and i've noticed that kids aren't surprised when their prayers get answered and a whole, you know just for real my kids pray for stuff and it usually happens pretty quick they're never surprised go like, oh thank you jesus all right yeah here we go but th- that doesn't shock them yet i know a whole lot of adults that they they pray almost it's more like a wish it's almost like, well, let's rub, rub the genie here and see what happens. All right, here we go, here we go, here. Pull the lever, let's see what happens. And by chance, somehow, say they occasionally get a prayer answered. It certainly isn't because of their great faith. Maybe God has mercy. Whatever the case is, they somehow get a prayer answer. They stumble across it. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And so it's not because of their great faith. Let's just, and so they get a prayer answered and they're just stunned. They're floored. Whoa, it worked. Well, what what were you expecting to have? What were you expecting to have? Of of course, what's wrong with you? Kids aren't like that. They pray. Something happens. They're happy. They go on about their day because they were totally expecting something to happen when they prayed the entire time. It's not not earth-shaking to them. You know, I've shared this story a lot of times, but remember when the kids were a little bit younger, I was... Loading three, we only had three at the time, loading three kids into the car, you know, all these giant car seats and bubble wrapping them and putting helmets on that they want you to do anyway. So I get them in there and man, I feel like I I pulled something in my shoulder and I mean, it was instant and it hurt bad. And I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, what am I going to do? And I see Joel sitting down there, uh, you know, like polishing his halo or whatever he was doing. So Joel's been a pretty easy kid. I'm just going to say that. So, uh, so I'm like, Joel. Daddy hurt his shoulder, I need you to pray, buddy, and he was like three or four years old. he just lays hands on me, prays you know in Jesus name of Lord heal my daddy's shoulder, and I swear man, instantly it was gone, totally hundred percent gone, and I'm like, hey so kids they they aren't ashamed, they have faith um and and you know when a kid prays. He's not trying to, to reason it all out. And that's what I'm talking about, overcomplicating things. Kids, they have faith, a simple faith that says, Jesus said this, so I'm going to pray this, and then this is going to happen. It's, it's not overcomplicated. It's a simple faith. Kids are directly to the point when talking to God. I've seen a lot of adults that they basically, they pray, but really what they're doing is giving Jesus step-by-step directions on how to answer their prayer. Jesus, you know what I need by Friday, and really I need this, this, and this to happen, and if you could talk to him, get her attention, make this happen, and cause these three things to happen, Jesus, but Thy will be done. Just, how, are you, how are you feeling going like to Jesus? Kids don't do that. They pray. They expect it to happen. It happens they thank him they move on about their day they 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 just believe and the word that we're giving these kids they believe it they actually believe it you know one of my favorite stories i haven't shared it for a while but i'm going to share the goldfish story okay some of you know the goldfish story so i'm cleaning out the the car one day and let's just get real there's there's a lot of goldfish in my car there's a lot of goldfish and sometimes French fries, chicken nuggets, things, just stuff back there. And so I'm back there cleaning. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe these kids. So I'm just, I'm tossing stuff out of the car. I'm throwing goldfish out by the handful. I'm just tossing them over the roof. And I don't know what's going on. But in the background, I hear, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I hear, I'm like, what's going on? So I go out there, and Isaac's like, dad, oh, my gosh. Jesus is making it rain goldfish out of heaven. Oh, I'm like wow. I did not have the heart to tell him that, that I, I was chucking those man with a fury. Because people, you know, Malachi 3 says that God will open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. You don't have room enough to receive it. Well, we're usually thinking of money and, you know, but the kids... They're thinking of goldfish, I'm telling you right now, or m and m s or something, and so these are raining on his head, and he's just catching them by the and he was really convinced that Jesus was making it rain goldfish out of heaven, but that's what i'm- ta- I want to be like that. I want to be like that where maybe it wasn't God that did it, but praise God, I'm going to give God the glory and the credit anyway because all good things that I have come from the Lord. That's what kids see, and that's what adults need to start seeing a little bit more of too, all right? And we're kind of bringing it all down to this. You know, oftentimes, you know, when we're doing our bedtime prayers with our kids and then winding it down for the day, you know, I, I let each of them pray. We pray. They pray on the way to school every day. All of them get a chance to. And then at night that they're praying. And I'm not telling them what to pray. Just whatever's on your heart, pray. And oftentimes, believe it or not, they'll want to pray for one of you. I don't tell them, you know, pray for Virginia today or pray for, you know, uh, for Frank and Veronica. Uh, they'll just, hey, Dad, I want to pray for Miss Norma. I want to pray for Katie Brady. I want to pray for, you know, Doug, whoever. They just do it. And I'm like, what? Why You don't even, do you have a reason? No, I just want to pray. And, and I'm like, okay, man, just nail it, bro. Go, do it. Let's go. And so they're praying for people. And, and you know, I, I don't know often why it's for, but I know this much that the kids, they hear the Holy Spirit. They're more sensitive than most of us are. And I'm telling you right now that I'm convinced of this, and you couldn't convince me otherwise. It's not only my kids, your kids, the kids here, I guarantee you that some of their little bedtime prayers have saved your life, and you'll never even know about it. I would guarantee you the devil had something planned at Fort Erwin that very next day. The devil had something planned for you at the Marine Base or wherever that you... And and you're like, man, I don't know. I, I never see the hand of God. Man, you ought to thank God that you don't have to always see the hand of God because you've probably got some little kid praying the devil right out of your life sometimes and you don't even know it. There's things that have come against you that you have no idea about because God stopped it from even getting that close. And sad to say, in a lot of our cases, it's certainly not because of our great faith. I'm not putting down on anybody, but I'm just saying, a lot of times... It's not because we were up at night interceding and praying. Some little kid, probably within this church, prayed for you. And you don't know about it. Maybe their mom and dad don't even know about it. The Holy Spirit got to them because they'll listen. A lot of times we won't, but they will. And they prayed trouble out of your life. You don't even know it. So I'm telling you right now, Jesus said, man, don't even worry about being the greatest. That's not even in the question right now. Just become like one of these little kids if you even want to get in to the kingdom of heaven. And then if you do, yeah, maybe, you know, then you'll be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But I'm telling you right now, why are kids so important? Because Jesus made them a really big deal. And if I had to say that Jesus had favorites, I don't think it would be us. I think it would be the kids. And Harvest Fest is coming, and it's going to be the biggest and the best ever. Why? Because there's hundreds of little kids we have no idea if if their life is perfect or if their life is a mess but a lot of them have real problems and we're going to be waiting here with the love of jesus we're not going to get frustrated we're not going to get mad we're going to be waiting with the love of jesus to at least give them one night of jesus the gospel and pray that it sticks pray that they can get back here but i'm telling you right now jesus loves kids and he wants you to To be more like a kid. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.